0: And I'm Dale Denwald. You're listening to The Source.
1: Thanks for joining us as we discuss the Oklahomans' most impactful
0: stories with the reporters who wrote them. During Governor Kevin Stitt's State of the State address, he threw his support behind a plan that would give some teachers a six-figure salary. My co-host Nuria covered this part of the governor's speech and wrote about how the state plans to pay teachers over $100,000 per year. I'd like to start by asking exactly what the governor proposed and what problems he thinks he could solve.
1: Yeah, so Governor Stitt, he didn't get into many of the details in his speech, but he did suggest paying certain teachers six-figure salaries, and the reason he said he supported that was to keep them in the classroom as opposed to seeking out a higher-paying position in school administration. Uh, So he, he thinks that the best teachers should stay in the classroom and not try to seek out uh, a job in in schools that maybe has a higher ceiling when it comes to salary.
0: And the way that um, they're proposing to keep teachers in the classroom is by literally paying them more. So the six-figure salary quote has generated a lot of attention, um, but you wrote that it would only be true for a small number of teachers. Now, if the bills that were introduced alongside the governor's proposal, if they were passed and signed into law, who would get this pay raise? Who would be eligible to earn over $100,000 a year.
1: Yeah, so I think an important place to start is to look at the minimum salaries that teachers are already making. Uh, so, just to reference where they're starting from, um, an entry level teacher is going to make $36,600. And teachers with the highest levels of education and the greatest years of experience max out at a minimum of 54,300. So a school could raise their salary if they chose to, but that is the highest minimum salary that teachers are making. So to go from the the top of the minimum of $54,300 into six figures, that's quite a gap to to make. So in this plan, it it would set out three credentials or, or certifications that teachers could achieve and the the means in which they achieve those credentials and how school districts decide who gets a credential, that is up to the individual district. There is a bill in the legislature that would outline uh, some of the models school districts could use, but ultimately that would be a local decision as to which teachers could get that. But the minimum for uh, the first certification, which is called advanced teacher, those educators would earn at least $3,000 more in their salary. But those teachers have to spend 10% of their time out of the classroom as instructional leaders or mentoring other teachers. Um, And then the second uh, certificate would be a lead teacher who earns $5,000 more in their salary, and they have to spend a quarter of their time out of the classroom. And then a master teacher would have to spend at least 50% of their time out of the classroom, and their salaries would increase Uh, Between $10,000 more and $40,000 more. So you would have to be among the highest earning master teachers to actually get your salary into six figures. So I think that's where people are coming away with the interpretation that, you know, it doesn't sound very likely that too many teachers would actually get into six figures although because so much of this is is based on school districts and and how they want to handle this it's hard to say how many uh, just because we don't know how many master teacher certifications school districts would, would give out? Because we don't know exactly how every district is, is going to implement this.
0: I just want to kind of repeat the um, sort of the the requirements of a teacher being in the classroom or being out of the classroom, actually, if they achieve these certifications. Because, um, you know, we're supposedly trying to raise pay to keep them in the classroom, but they're not actually going to be in the classroom uh, more. So what, what's the, the, the value of them um spending time outside of the classroom, I guess being a mentor, being that educational uh, piece for for teachers who presumably are much uh, younger in their careers,
1: right? Uh, I spoke with the principal author of these bills. His name is Kyle Hilbert. He's a Republican from Bristow, and you know, one thing that he pointed to was the state has a record number of uh, newly emergency-certified teachers who have a bachelor's degree at least and in, in something, uh, but they they weren't traditionally certified. They didn't study to become a teacher. They decided to get into teaching through the emergency emergency certification route which Oklahoma leans heavily on because we have such a teacher shortage um, and so he he saw this as um, a way to incentivize um, more experienced teachers to be mentors to those who are new to the field but I think you do bring up an interesting point that you know the way the governor pitched this and framed this it was to keep the best teachers in the classroom and this bill would propose taking the very best the master teachers the ones who theoretically could reach six figures it would take them out out of the classroom for 50 percent of the time again it's hard to say exactly what these teachers would be doing uh, mentoring is one suggested way just again every district kind of gets to handle this and you know whatever way they see fit um, so that could you know be the teacher could be maybe the the head of the science department at, at a high school and you know whatever responsibilities that entails um you know that they could spend their time doing that um, they could be, you know, real instructional leaders kind of um, being at the, you know, at the head of of whatever direction these, you know, departments want to go. It's hard to say uh, because the bill, I think, is intentionally broad uh, because they want to give those districts local control over this. Um, But it does raise questions of, you know, whether these teachers are are actually going to stay in the classroom because this bill actually outlines what percentage of time they would have to spend out of it.
0: So uh, this plan would be different from previous pay raises that we've seen since it's basically only an increase, uh, like a merit pay increase rather than a base rate increase. How have educators and their advocates reacted to this?
1: Yeah, I don't think anybody that I've talked to is explicitly against this. Um, I think there are questions about you know, whether the state should take a different approach instead of this one. Um, I spoke with the superintendent of Midwest City, Del City Public Schools, and he said that, you know, he compared this to kind of picking around the edges of the teacher shortage problem. But he said a better way to actually address the problem is to just raise the pay for all teachers instead of um, creating this incentive pay or merit pay system that could raise the salaries of a few Um, You know, I I spoke with the president of the state's largest teacher union, and and she said that they weren't necessarily against this, but there's a lot more legislation that could benefit teachers um, and raise teacher pay that they would like to see pass as well. Um, So I don't know that there's anyone who's explicitly opposed to the idea. I think it's just there's some people who would like to see the state's effort in addressing the teacher shortage problem to be a lot broader than this. Um, There's also, there also have been some questions by some Democrats about the source of the funding that this, uh, you know, merit pay or incentive pay system would come from and whether it's reliable enough. I I think we'll get into that. Um, So it's hard to say, you know, I don't know that anyone's necessarily against it that I've heard, um, but there are some who would like to see the state put forth a lot more than than this being the primary way of tackling the shortage problem.
0: So let's talk about money, we often see big ideas floated during a state of the state speech without ways to pay for them. Uh, is it is that the case here? Uh, Do we know how the state would pay for these increased wages?
1: Right. So the governor didn't outline how he would pay for this in the state of the state. But when you do look at the legislation that's been filed and and has since advanced past an initial subcommittee, um, it does outline uh, what how this program would be funded. Um, And the, the main way would be through profits from the Oklahoma Lottery Right now, Oklahoma lottery uh, funds do contribute significantly to public schools um, and higher education and scholarships and teacher retirements and school buildings and all kinds of things. Um, So basically what this would do, the the lottery revenue already goes um, in part into what's called the Oklahoma Education Lottery Trust Fund. Um, And and whenever that lottery trust fund exceeds $60 million dollars, however much it exceeds 60 million dollars by would go toward these incentive pay raises for teachers who earn advanced lead or master teacher credentials. Um, so I guess there, were, there are some lawmakers, one Democratic lawmaker said, you know, he, he wasn't convinced that, you know, one, that the, this would be a, a reliable enough way to fund this, and two, that whether it might cause unintended consequences, districts can't reduce their teachers' pay once they've already raised it, um, and so if, if lottery funds were to fall short one year, that could um, send them up a creek, basically. Uh, but I, I did speak with the executive director of the Oklahoma Lottery Commission, and he said that they are very confident that they will um, maintain uh, pretty strong profit margins in the future that would successfully and consistently fund these pay raises. Um, you know, the, the only time that the Oklahoma Education Lottery Trust Fund fell below $60 million, was in 2017. Um, That was the first time that had happened since fiscal year 2006, Um, and they projected that it would only get worse and worse if the lottery system didn't modernize. And so that's what the legislature chose to do. They gradually added new features to how the lottery tickets were sold. Um, before it was cash only, you could only spend a maximum of $5. So they added lottery products that were worth $10, $30. So you could spend more at you know at when you were buying a lottery ticket. They allowed people to buy with credit cards and debit cards. They added self-service machines where people could buy lottery tickets. The way it was described to me was that it's just a very different lottery market in Oklahoma right now. And profits have increased as a result. Um, In the past year, um, in 2021, the Education Lottery Trust Fund was $80 million, which gives $20 million in profit. That would be the initial deposit in this Teacher Empowerment Fund—they're calling it—which would basically fund these incentive pay raises—and um, and he's consistent. He said that they're they're confident that they would consistently reach 80 million and maybe even more in the future if they continue to make uh, modernization uh, changes. So, um, you know, maybe that answers the question of of whether it's it's reliable enough. But at the, the end of the day, we don't know until until the revenues come in year to year. Um, and, and if it turns out that, that it's not reliable enough, um, I, the bill's author, Cal Hilbert, said that, you know, maybe they could pull from other wells of funding and, and not solely rely on the, little, on the lottery. But that remains to be seen. He, he basically said he wanted to get the program going and then see where it goes from there.
0: Now, during this uh, bill's first hearing in the legislature, it didn't receive unanimous support. Um, and uh, you, you mentioned this specifically, a couple of Democrats questioned the fun- funding mechanism, doubted that there would be enough money to support the pay increases. They talked about the possible volatility of lottery earnings. Um, what else is out there? Is 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 the, is the lottery projected to pay for the entire scope of what people expect uh, the pay increases to include?
1: Right, yeah. The lottery system would be the only source of funding. Under the legislation as it's currently written, um, bills can change before they become law, so it's possible that they amend that. But I think right now the plan is for the lottery system to be – the the main source of funding the only source of funding actually um, so like i said before you know there were some questions about whether that's going to be consistent enough uh, year to year um, and the other question was uh from one democrat melissa provenzano from tulsa um, she she actually did vote in favor of advancing this bill but she did have a question about whether the state was going to do more to help districts pay for these salary raises. And one thing I should have said a lot sooner is um, the these funds that the state provides is only going to cover half of the raise. However much a raise the teacher is going to get, the state's only going to pay for half of it. The school district has to pay the other half. Um, so that's another question is whether districts can really afford to increase the pay, especially when you bring in, in the idea of six-figure salaries. I mean can a school district really pony up Tens of thousands of extra dollars, because I think what a lot of school district leaders will tell you is, you know, they will raise teacher pay when they can. It's just when they can is that just doesn't happen very frequently because our state support of education is still um, lower uh, when you look at per pupil funding. I mean, just just to take a step back here, a public school is funded based on the number of students who are enrolled. And so when the state of Oklahoma pays the lowest amount of money per pupil in its region, then that kind of puts us behind. Um, other states pay more per pupil and therefore support that public school, um, you know, more than, than uh, an equivalent in Oklahoma. Um, lawmakers and the governor like to tout that um, our Oklahoma's education funding is the highest it's ever been. Um, And that's true. It's $3.2 billion. Oklahoma has never paid more for education. Um, But in terms of Oklahoma and all of its surrounding states, this critical feature, which is per-pupil funding, we are still last. And that's what this Democratic lawmaker was talking about, was is there any plan to help districts pay for these um, pay raises when we are still at the very bottom of the pack um, in terms of funding these public schools. Um, and so there, right now, there's not a big push by Republican leadership to do that. And so I think that was another doubt um, that some had was whether districts were going to be able to afford this and whether the state was really going to help them make this a reality for their teachers.
0: Now, I think back to the teacher walkout and protests in 2018. Uh, it was a, a watershed moment for how lawmakers handled Teacher pay raises and teacher politics, and a lot of the legislature actually turned over that year, with uh, with folks uh, deciding not to uh, run for re-election, and uh, I think about a dozen uh, lawmakers were actually ousted um, in the primary or, or the general election uh, going into uh, into the next uh, into the next session. Back then, it had been a decade since teachers saw an increase. To their base pay, um, since the teacher walkout, I believe we've had two years of pay increases. Um, are we anywhere near the level of frustration about pay? Is it is it a major talking point uh, among teachers? Is it, uh, it? It doesn't seem like it's uh, that much sort of in the forefront of the political mind as it was back then.
1: Right. Obviously, tensions are, I would not say they're anywhere near to where they were in 2018. I mean, I haven't heard any whispers or or discussions of another walkout. So I think that alone shows that we're not where we were in 2018. I think teachers always would like to see. I mean, obviously, they want to be paid more. I mean, who who doesn't want to be paid more? Um, and I think that you know there is a sentiment that I'll use the the words that the uh, president of the state's teacher union said to me, which was, "This needs to be a continuation. This is more of a journey, and and we are not at the destination." Um, Which means, you know, they want to see the state continue to pursue these teacher pay raises and to pursue um, greater funding for public schools in general, not just in the compensation standpoint. Um, So I wouldn't say that we are at the same level of tension as four years ago, but I think it's still a concern. I mean, obviously, there's education has um, come to the forefront um, of of political conversations in a lot of different ways, um, especially with a lot of conservatives really um, discussing, you know, What is taught in schools and and what, you know, books you can find in the school library and and things like that. And, you know, mask and covid policies in schools. So, you know, teacher compensation is just it kind of feels like it's one piece of the grander puzzle of education and and what people are talking about. So um, I think for sure, people, especially in the education community, want the state to do more. They want to see teacher compensation continue to increase especially because some of Oklahoma's neighbors are raising their teacher pay, which leaves us behind if, if everybody around us um, continues to increase that Um, New Mexico, for example, just raised its minimum entry level salary to $50,000, which if you remember what we were talking about before, that was closer to the higher end for Oklahoma teachers, um, let alone the entry level. Um, So if you have people around us that are getting paid more, it, it, I'm sure there are going to be some teachers who, if they haven't left yet, they're going to consider leaving now. Um, so again, the teacher the teacher shortage just continues to be a chronic issue. Uh, but as far as are we at 2018 levels, I, I don't want to say that.
0: Well, Nuria, thanks so much for diving into this issue with us and talking about the story that you wrote and uh, the coverage that you're providing covering the education community and some of the politics involved. To our readers, I want to thank you for joining us this week. This podcast is possible because of the Oklahomans' subscribers, and we encourage you to subscribe if you can. You can read the stories that we talked about today and more every day in the Oklahoman and at Oklahoman.com. Check back next Friday for a new episode.